Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you're listening audio-wise, you can't see Jeremiah Searles sitting right next to me in the studio. But if you're watching, there he is. And look how big he is in person. I was actually concerned, and I set up upstairs because I thought my basement actually might have too low of a ceiling for you to comfortably come down and sit in the studio. But you are here in Minnesota. Great to see you, buddy. How Absolutely. are you? It's great. It's good to be here. And the only, the only little hairy part would be the stairs. Yeah. The stairs are the only like question mark. You know, if it was dark, if I didn't have my hat, I'd turn the hat around so I didn't smack my head. But other than that, great setup, man. Big upgrade from the other house. I did not fit in house number one of the Collier household. Uh, it's true that my other house would be deemed a starter home uh, <laughs> that you came into. And I was like, you know what? Actually, our house is smaller than I thought now that Jeremiah is in there. The last time we did this, which must have been about a year ago yeah. that we were uh, talking. And, and guess what? It's the playoffs and uh, the Vikings aren't in it. Mm. But I think what everyone is talking about in Viking land is the takeaways from the first three days of the playoffs, which, by the way, I'll take that Absolutely. two games per day for three straight days. In fact, why doesn't Roger just make the whole schedule that just a couple games per day every day? So I always have football. Well, that was remember COVID when COVID was like, Hey, Tuesday, we're playing a game on Tuesday. I was like, yes, sign dude, Monday, Tuesday. The only night off was you got some action on a Wednesday and then you just roll right into Thursday night football. It was fantastic. Right. I'm not doing anything. Yeah, just <laughs> go for it. It's like bowl season all over again. People who have jobs. Sorry. Not, that, uh, not my fault. Hey, look, if people could get to the bills game by plowing snow oh away from, uh, their seats i saw green bay tweeting out that they have snowblowers for the seats i thought the bills missed the playoffs for so many years they never thought of it. <laughs> yeah, like green green bay was hosting so many home playoff games they were like you know we should have mm. some special snowblowers and the bills were like jp lossman won't make it i'm not too concerned yeah. about that but funny they make it and host playoff mm. games now that they have josh allen and uh, i was going through on twitter the playoff quarterbacks remaining, and I want to get your reaction to this. So we've got in the NFC side, uh, we have Jordan Love, yep. Baker Mayfield, yep. Brock Purdy, and Jared Goff. Now, here's my observation on that. Two are on rookie contracts. Yep. One of them has a lower cap hit than Nick Mullins uh, on a contract. That's Baker Mayfield. Yep. I did not realize that Baker Mayfield's cap hit is $1.7 well, million. Yeah, they paid him peanuts. Insane. Peanuts. And Jared Goff's team tanked. So that's what we have there. And on the AFC side, because, of course, someone said, well, why don't you talk about the AFC? There's a lot of great quarterbacks there. Mahomes, Allen, Stroud, Lamar Jackson. And how were they acquired? First round, first round, first round, 
first round. Right. Is that where you get uh, yeah. good? I think first rounds where okay. you find winning quarterbacks. Okay. Right? And then the other one. So uh, Brock Purdy is Mr. Irrelevance. Yeah. That's different. He's a unicorn, though. You can't you can't even like that's that's unicorn type. Like that doesn't happen besides once every 20 years. Like a it's like a Kurt Warner type Correct. of thing. Uh, Jordan Love, where was he drafted? First round. Baker Mayfield? First round. Jared Goff? First round. Okay, so uh, I think I've gotten the point across <laughs> just as snarky in person as uh, through the Zoom but, call. I mean, it's not it's not rocket science. Like, and, and you can, and there'll be the people will be like, well, do all the other quarterbacks that didn't last in the first round. It's like, well, yes, that's, that's the nature of what football is. That's the risk that you take, but you, you got to try. I mean, at one point you have to say, okay, we're going all in on this dude. Let's hope that he becomes the next Allen or Mahomes or whatever it is, because if you don't, then you just kind of, the insanity rule, right? Let's try and bring another free agent, big quarterback in, pay him a bunch of money, build a roster of the child of misfit toys around him and see if he can just go be great and do it. And it doesn't work that way. It doesn't. The great quarterbacks go in the first for a reason because you're trying to find the legendary generational quote unquote talent that doesn't fall out of the first round. It just doesn't. Even Dak Prescott, fourth round. Kind of melts in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there is that. Uh, I mean, he was still running the number one offense. And I, I want to talk about kind of all of these things yes. at once. The Dak Prescott thing is weird. I mean, he was a very good prospect. And I remember talking to people in the league even then that thought he was really good. And then he fell. And I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes it happens. Like it does happen. But when we're talking about everything is an odds play, what is the best odds of finding those things? Now, the odds might be 50-50. Would you rather, or 60-40, would you rather flip a slightly weighted coin against you and hope that it hits? Or would you rather do something that has failed for 10 straight years? I mean, that's that to me is what it comes down to. But I got I got an email that I want to read you mm. from a listener about the interpretation from the people who matter most about okay. this first round of the playoffs. Okay. So Josh sent me an email and he said, I had a scary thought that I'm hoping you can dispel. Uh, what if the Wilfs misinterpret the weekend's games? What if they didn't watch Jordan Love play and think that the Packers win Lions and Bucks support their belief that all a team needs to do is just get into the playoffs to have a chance? What if they don't realize how much of a step that Jordan Love took after the first Vikings game and just remember the Vikings beat the Packers with healthy Kirk Cousins? What if they just saw the Lions win the division uh, after three decades of building around a, a veteran quarterback? Um, so, I mean, the, I guess that's possible. I don't see how that could be the interpretation. You can't. No, it's never. We talked about this, I think, like three, four weeks ago. Like, yes, making the playoffs is a great achievement, but that's never the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is winning a Super Bowl. And Listen, if Green Bay goes and beats San Fran, hats off to him. I don't think it's going to happen. If C.J. Stroud miraculously beats the Baltimore Ravens, great. But both those teams kind of limped their way. Or, I mean, I guess, I mean, the Texans won the division because mm -hmm. the Jaguars imploded at the end of the year. So they got in. But, I mean, even Buffalo was one game away from not making the playoffs, right? And so just getting into the playoffs, yeah, that's a hard thing to do. But once you get into the playoffs and the records are nil-nil, the better teams always find a way. They would, the number one seeds meet in the in the Super Bowl for a reason, right? Yep. Because they have the roster built to get there. Like the lucky, the last time I can truly think of a team that like lucked in and won was probably the Giants with Eli Manning when they were like nine and seven, scraped their way in and then won it. That just doesn't historically happen. So to watch those games and go, oh, you just got to get in. 
yeah, you do have to get in, but the great teams are going to be the ones that are left standing at the end with the great rosters that they built. Yeah, your memory is pretty strong on this, and uh, I have looked it up. Just uh, for the listeners at home, if you go through the teams that won from the wild card, uh, every single quarterback, and I'm assuming Eli Manning becomes a Hall of Famer. I don't know for he sure. Should. He's bor- he should. He's borderline. He won't be first ballot. Right. I don't think he'll be first ballot. But if then it's only Trent Dilfer is the non-Hall of Fame quarterback who in my lifetime is one from the wild card position. Mm. And so, you know, Tom Brady did it a few years ago, but uh, Tom Brady. And that team was actually incredible. Mm-hmm. And it took him like six weeks to kind of get it going. In fact, if there was a turning point, it was probably against the Vikings defense. If you remember yeah, 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 the yeah. game where uh, Dan Bailey forgot how to kick mm. and so forth. Uh, yes, memories. I was watching Chase McLaughlin kick 50-yard field goals, being like, wasn't he on the Vikings practice squad? That 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 is uh, perfect, right? The former Viking kicker just crushing field Never. goals in the playoffs. But I don't see any other real interpretation other than the Packers and Lions are not going anywhere for a long time. They're going to be in the playoffs year after year. And there's always bad luck things that happen. But again, are you betting on bad luck things? And you need to build accordingly. The other thing that I notice is whether it is a team that's nine and eight mm-hmm. and wins, or whether it's a team that was a first, you know, uh, first spot, defensive talent, mm-hmm. all pros on defense. Vita Vea gets his fat booty in there and stuffs a tush push. And Antoine Winfield Jr. is an all pro and he's making plays. Every team that won, even Green Bay, has way more defensive talent. Yes. Their defensive coordinator, a little spotty. The only team that doesn't have a great defense is Detroit, and that's probably going to get them at some point. Yeah, I mean, Detroit's secondary for sure got put on notice. I mean, Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, those dudes had some really good success. And honestly, if Stafford doesn't get concussed and go from there, I mean, they have a chance to win that game there at the end. I do think that will be the downfall as their secondary as they start getting deeper in the playoffs. When you talk about matching up with Baltimore, we saw that. We saw that movie, right? Baltimore ran Zay Flowers up and down, Odo Beckham up and down, like Mark Andrews is coming back. Like that's going to be their big issue. But again, what do they do? They have Aiden Hutchinson up front. They drafted in the first round Jack Campbell out of Iowa. Like, they invested in their defense on the draft and they hit on it. And that's something we've talked about the Vikings for a long time is the draft picks just haven't turned into those type of all pro type guys. I think the Lewis scene is a perfect example, right? You draft a guy in the first round as a safety and you're like, all right, we found our next Harrison Smith and then it doesn't work out. Well, you're, you're eating that for four years because you invest all that draft capital in him. And it just goes down the list. I mean, I think back to when I was playing with Laquan Treadwell, right? Like you draft him in the first round, that doesn't end so well. And so I can understand the Vikings, nervous anxietiness of like we don't do well necessarily a lot in the first round but i think when you find yourself in a position of picking just outside the top 10 you have to be willing to gamble and go get a quarterback within that because like i talked i think we did multiple years multiple episodes ago you don't want to be picking here every year like you don't want to be like oh we're in the top 10 again like no you want to have hey we had some things happen this year that didn't work so well. Let's go get our quarterback while we're in this position, and then hopefully next year we're picking 25th or 24th. Like, But you won't get there unless you try and make a drastic change, and in my opinion, that has to be with the quarterback. You know, and I was thinking about, too, even trying to build just through free agency around an expensive mm-hmm. quarterback contract and how hard that is to do. And I started to go back through the players that the Vikings have picked up in recent years, and some of them worked great. Patrick Peterson mm-hmm. played great. Zadarius Smith was very good, especially for the first half of a season. Uh, I would say Delvin Tomlinson was yeah. really good here. But all of those guys, even someone as good as Zadarius Smith or Patrick Peterson, but they were past their prime, they're not the guy. 
they are a final piece type to a really good defense, not someone you're saying, hey, Patrick Peterson, be our whole secondary. And he was great, no doubt about it. But it, what difference did it really make? Yeah. Because he wasn't the fine, you know, he wasn't the final piece, the one more guy to that defense. And so they've spent a lot of wilf dollars on free agents who have come in and not been enough to make the difference. I think on defense, you need like 14 guys who can play, the, I, right? Because yeah. you know that guys are going to get hurt. You need rotational players. And then you probably need three to four who are all pro caliber, repeated pro bowlers. And I was going through the 17, 2017 defense. How many of those guys made the pro bowl? 10 out of yeah, 11, like, not like eight, eight out of 11. Yeah. I mean, how far away are you from that? Uh, way away, I would say. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you think back to that 17 defense, like what they do, they added Anthony Barr, they added Eric Kendricks, mm -hmm. and then it vaulted them to the number one defense, right? And that's where we talk about the guys coming in and they elevate your team and then they're staples, right? They're staples for a long time. When you bring a guy in on free agency and you sign him to a four-year deal after he's already had four years in the league, that, in my opinion, is almost more of a dice roll than going after a high, high draft pick in first and second round for the defensive side because, like you said, injuries happen and age catches up with all of us and eventually your play just slowly falls off right and so when you talk about the offensive side of the ball i also think that the vikings convinced themselves in 2018 that kirk was the one missing piece mm -hmm. right like everyone in this entire organization maybe in this entire state was like if we just had a quarterback we would have beat the eagles we would have played for a super bowl on our home turf and we probably would have won it and we spun ourselves into that conundrum where we're like all right everything on kirk cousins boom and then everything started slowly fading away. Guys got older. Guys got more expensive. Now we're paying Kirk $78 million. We can't afford to keep uh, Eric Hendricks for a little bit longer. We can't afford to keep that backup rotational guy that had a chance to come in there. And that just, that's just <laughs> part of building your team. And that's a risk that you take. But that didn't work. It didn't work. And so for me to think that we can go back to the drawing board and say, well, let's just try and recreate that. Mm -hmm. The 2023 Vikings team and the 2017 Vikings team drastically different drastically and i've heard the comparisons of like well you know that drastically different you don't have to have an elite defense you need to have an all pro or pro bowl at each level the lead line the linebacker the secondary at least one right and if you can have multiple then you're really cooking with gas we don't have any like daniel hunter is probably the most and then harrison smith he i mean that end of your press conference for me kind of sounded like i don't I don't know if you want to play football yeah, anymore yeah. right like my shoulder really hurts like this is a tough year so you're about losing him you're talking about one all pro on this defense. That's a huge issue. That's if he comes back, if he comes back and if he comes back, it's going to be very expensive. And how do you make that all work? And that, that, that the thing is that, you know, you can look at last year and I was thinking about this too. You can look at last year and all the games that they were this far away. Mm -hmm. And if you're a coach, you're probably like, man, one fumble. Just don't reach out over the goal line, Jefferson. We probably win that game. And it turned out that the Eagles were kind of frauds anyway. And, and you could talk yourself into if TJ Hawkinson just gets his arms around the other way, then it doesn't go boing, boing, and you intercept at the goal line. But the fact of the matter is you're really not trying to play one score games yes. every single game. And that's what it's been for three straight years. And even when they had a better defense, they were still playing one score games all the time. And when you look at a lot of these teams, I mean, you have to put the Cowboys aside a little bit because <laughs> we're going to, I want to talk about that. I have yeah. like a bunch of things I want to ask you about with just the playoffs in yep, general, yep. but 
you usually want to outscore your opponents by about 150 points or 100 to 150 points if you're going to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And if you play a one-score game all the time with the roster strength that you have in the quarterback, then most years you're going to be going, dang, we were so close. And that one year, you got all of them to go right. But in the two sandwich years between that, uh, the, the 2021, you miss out on a bunch of close games at the end. Coach gets fired. This year, you miss out on a bunch of games at the end and you're missing the playoffs. If you bring back cousins and it happens again, which it very well could with the one scores, then everyone's like getting fired. And to me, that's just not a very good bet to make. And it's really hard to convince people, maybe the ownership that like, this isn't a one year project. This isn't like slap your homework together and take it into school. This is, you get it at the beginning of the semester and you got to work on it to the final project. Uh, There is so much work to be done on the roster to get to the point. And that was my main takeaway. My other main takeaway was look, if you are a Kirk Cousins enjoyer, I have the greatest respect for this man's career, truly unbelievable to be a fourth round pick wasn't a high recruit out of high school speaks to his dedication but there's a dude in the league who can run 52 yard touchdowns in the playoffs i mean how you got to beat this and look at the players who are coming into the league caleb williams what does he do drake may threw a left-handed touchdown this year he can run and has a rocket arm and then jaden daniels and the worst prospects we're talking about mccarthy's a good athlete i Sort of. And uh, Penix has a monster arm and throws into tight windows. And Bo Nix is a good athlete as well. Like, this is the league. The league is going to be 20 starting quarterbacks that are worth it, and 17 of them are really good athletes. And you got to compete against that. I just think that in the year 2000, quarterbacks are going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. That's an old Conan O'Brien bit, if people (laughs) don't know. In the year 2000. But I honestly like the the future of the league and those guys that I just named in the AFC. Well, they're coming to the NFC because they're going to be drafting them now. And it's just very hard to convince me that one of those guys isn't what you need to succeed. Yeah. I mean, and even look at what the knock on golf is, is like if you can get pressure to him, he's rattled and he can't get away, can't escape because when he runs, he looks like a baby deer. Right. Like that, that's what Philip Rivers was. I remember when Philip Rivers would run, all of us be like, get down. Right. <laughs> You're going to get hurt. And you talk about, okay, if Justin Fields is even in this division, but even if they go get Caleb, he can run, right? The running quarterback is such a weapon. And when you got back to your your initial point of the one-score games, like everyone's going to point to like, well, Kansas City did this year, but he's the best, right? right? Like Mahomes is the best. And so I'll bet on the one-score games when I have the best in the world back there is the trigger man. And yeah, he didn't have the all-pro year that he's used to having, but he found a way to will that team to win, which Tom Brady did a lot of times too because he was the best. And so if you don't have the best standing back there as your guy, your trigger man, you're going to more coin flip those 50-50 games than you are of like, well, how for how long was it? Oh, Tom Brady got the ball two and a half minutes left. They win. They win. I don't know if I believe that about Kirk. Mm-hmm. And he's done it before, but he's also thrown bad interceptions. He's gotten down there and not been able to finish. And maybe that's because it's Kirk. Maybe it's not. But are we willing to see that again? Or are we willing to look and go, the Packers have the youngest team in the NFL and they just want to they just want a playoff game. The Houston Texans have like the fifth youngest team in the NFL mm-hmm. and they want a playoff game. The NFL is forever and always constantly about getting younger. Always. I hear it in the draft process. Oh, that dude's 24. Can't draft him. 24 like who cares right but that's constantly a battle that you go through and so you're looking at these quarterbacks going do we want to get 
a Drake May or a Caleb Williams or a Penix or a Bo Nix that we can say, okay, you may be 24 or 25, so we're going to get at least four or five years out of you and then build around you. And then maybe if we build that roster around you so well because we can and then you aren't the guy, then we go buy a quarterback. Mm-hmm. But you have to start somewhere. And you start building your roster, in my opinion, with the quarterback position. That's where you go because that's your biggest cap hit. Those are the ones that you're going to have to pay the most money to down the road. So build your quarterback with a young quarterback, build your roster around him, and build up talent around him. And then if it's not working out with him, then go buy one in four years when you have the other pieces. Like I said, and now you're in the position of we're one piece away in free agency versus right now you're going, we're a million pieces away. we got a million things to do. We can't afford to go buy a million different high-round free agents. We have to hit in the draft. Start with the best position, the quarterback. Folks, Lucy is upping the nicotine pouch game with breakers. Pouches packing a little something extra inside. What are Lucy breakers? If you know your pouches, then you know that the nicotine doesn't hit immediately and neither does the flavor. But the geniuses at Lucy came up with a brilliant way to fix both of those problems. They put a mini liquid capsule inside each breaker's pouch. So here's what you do. You get the breaker's pouch, break it with your teeth, and it makes a satisfying pop. Then put it in your lip and enjoy Enjoy the immediate nicotine and flavor release. Nobody is doing anything like this except for Lucy. It's a new kind of pouch technology only available from Lucy. There's six delicious flavors, including apple ice espresso and classics like mint and mango. So break up with your dusty gas station pouches and go to lucy.co slash purple insider. Use the promo code purple insider and get 20% off your first offer. Lucy offers free shipping and has a 30 day refund policy. If you change your mind, that's lucy.co use the code purple insider and get 20% off and always free shipping. Now here comes the fine print. Lucy products are only for adults of legal age and every order is age verified. Warning, this product contains nicotine and nicotine is an addictive chemical. And even circling back to the point about Goff, who, by the way, was perfect when not pressured 22 for 22 and then didn't complete a single pass when pressured, Mm -hmm. which is the most Jared Goff thing ever. But the thing I noticed about Jared Goff is when he whips the ball, it goes. And he is so good at getting it to the right person on time. Like drop back, hit the back foot, ball comes out with a lot of velocity and there's not a lot of, there's there's some catastrophic hilarious mistakes that he makes that probably keep him from being on the level mm-hmm. of those other great quarterbacks, but he has the arm talent. There was like one of those behind shots of him throwing it through people and stuff to make throws that other quarterbacks can't make. And I think that of even Baker Mayfield, who is erratic, but has a number one overall pick arm. And when Baker Mayfield won against Philadelphia and played the way that he did, the thing that came to mind for me was going into 2022, I thought they should move on from Cousins and get a bridge quarterback like a Mayfield, like a Mariota, put him in with Justin Jefferson, plan to draft a quarterback and move forward, right? And last night I was just kind of pointing at the TV like, Other people can play quarterback, you know? Other people can. For some reason, there's this idea that there's only one guy who could possibly (laughs) get the ball to Justin Jefferson. Like, they got him from nowhere for nothing, and he threw the ball to whom? Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, some guy named David Moore, and and they've got weapons and offensive linemen, and and there you go. You win a playoff game. And Baker Mayfield has one more home playoff win than Kirk Cousins in his career now. (laughs) 
Okay. She's also won multiple teams for playoff games, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like yeah. I saw a list today. It was like quarterbacks that have won multiple league or multiple playoff games. It was like Tom Brady, Brett Favre, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. Let's yep. pump the brakes. But no, you're exactly right. And the other thing too, Lions, elite offensive line. Mm-hmm. Elite offensive line. Yep. They handled Aaron Donald. Yep. Right. The Bucks, very good offensive line. Spent draft capital and Tristan Wirfs and Gadecki, the other side. Like the Vikings finally have and i know they didn't play like it down the stretch but you talk about putting a rookie quarterback behind this offensive line two years ago disaster right oh yeah right yeah, disaster yeah. Yep. You, you have carolina panthers bryce young getting peeled off the turf over and over again but you look at this roster right now you go we have a stud right tackle stud left tackle probably re-signed dalton reisner ed ingram did better towards the end of the year bradbury's gonna be there for a while you have building blocks back we can mm-hmm. work with a rookie quarterback here because of our tackle play specifically that's going to help the development of a young player too that comes in the equation as well because you throw a rookie quarterback behind a poor to below average offensive line, they're toast. They're done, right? And Kirk Cousins was my ribs for so many years, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? And his toughness, but his ability to understand, I got to get the ball here, got to get the ball here quickly. Rookie quarterbacks can't comprehend that. I think you put any of the rookie quarterbacks that are in this year's class, Bryce Young and down, behind this Vikings offensive line, they probably have way more success because they have the time to throw and the weapons that the Vikings have are incredible. I mean, Justin Jefferson missed like six games, still had a thousand yards receiving <laughs> with Nick Mullins, Josh Dobbs, Kirk Cousins, like input X quarterback, throw it to 18. You'll be okay. Anyone can do that. Now go get a good talent in the first round and bet that he can do it and bet that he can lead it. And that's going to be your best bet. I, I'm, I'm all with you now. Kirk Cousins, I love you, man. You did a great job. Go to Atlanta. Go with Bill Belichick. Go to Atlanta and restart your career down there. Vikings, let's roll the dice let's do it let's go see what can let's go see what can happen that would be one kind of strange combination of bill belichick and uh kirk cousins in atlanta i think kirko dies if he goes and plays for bill belichick i don't think kirko makes it in atlanta oh no 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 yeah i don't think he's doing any shirtless appearances to that no probably not (laughs) uh but i do think with the defensive talent atlanta has they are on the cusp of being a good defense Mm -hmm. and the supporting cast the other thing that i noticed was the Vikings have Justin Jefferson, and that's great because he's the I think he's the best. But he's not the best by Jerry Rice to the next best guy. He's the best by inches. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the, you know, an Olympic race where everybody's just leaning for is he better than Tyree Kill? I don't know. Dolphins fans probably wouldn't say so. How much better is he than Mike Evans? Probably a little, but not a lot. And I'm looking around going, wait. Amon Ross St. Brown is really good. And Puka Nakua is really good. And like you're not the only team that has this superstar wide receiver. There's a lot of teams that do. So where is your edge going to come from? Well, if you want it to be the line, you're going to have to extend Christian Derrissaw. You're going to have to sign back a left guard. You're going to have to build the rest of the roster out. And then the other thing I noticed too is scheme is just so much in this game. Yeah. And what Matt LaFleur did, what just blew my mind. I mean, it was a masterclass and not, not only him, but also Bobby Slowick from uh, Houston. And here's two inexperienced quarterbacks starting for the first time. And they're running bootlegs, play actions. Receivers are open down the field. And I'm thinking, again, is there only one quarterback on earth who could play football? Like, probably not, because if you can scheme it well and if you could give them weapons, it, it can it can be there. It can be there for a price of less than forty million dollars for people who haven't torn Achilles and might be able to run for a first down. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we're we're also gonna. I think a great case study is like, what does Aaron Rodgers look like for the Jets mm-hmm. next year? Mm-hmm. Does he come back and is he vintage Aaron? Is he not? 
Are the Jets going to all get fired because they made that trade? That's essentially what you're doing if you bring back Kirk. Yeah. You're, you're pushing everything in going, we're betting our jobs that Kirk Cousins is going to get us to the NFC Championship. And he may, but he may not. Is that worth betting your job over? Is that worth $40 million in betting your job over? Or are you willing to have the nuts to throw on the table and say, I'm going to bring a young quarterback in, KOC, you earn your money, you develop this guy how you want him, right? Mm -hmm. Kirk, any veteran player at any position – you're going to be limited with what you call development because they've done it for so long. You paid them to come here and do it. And they talked about it almost at nauseum on the broadcast with the Packers of this is finally what we'll see LaFleur's offense, right? Greg Olson, like, you kept having to tailor it to Aaron Rodgers. That's what you do when you have that type of quarterback. Have we really truly seen what KOC's offense truly wants to look like without the limitations of what Kirk Cousins can do? Everyone kind of saw with Dobbs, and they're like, hey, some movement, some mm -hmm. guy going around, some move-the-pocket type stuff. You bring in one of these young quarterbacks that's got some legs, who knows what this offense could actually look like? And KOC can find, like, this is my guy. Mm -hmm. I'm all in. And you said it last week. I'm all in on whoever he wants. Right, right? yeah. Whoever he wants will develop behind. I want to see that. I want to see, KOC, who are you with your young development guy who you want to build into what you can do? Except for you have a shirt on that says anyone but McCarthy. Yes, under, yes. Underneath there. This, so. I don't understand. Why, <laughs> I, got some, I got some flack for that. I just, I've watched a lot of college tape. You know yeah. that. I yep. love college yep. football. There's way better players out there. There's way better prospects out there. Listen, if, if Harbaugh goes to the NFL and he has a potential to pick him and doesn't, I rest my case. You know what? I rest my case. That reminds me of Ryan Nassib. Remember when people were talking about Ryan Nassib as a first round draft pick and Doug Marone got hired as the Bills coach? And they were like, well, he's obviously going to pick Ryan Nassib. And he's like, no, nah, I'm no, he's a fifth round. <laughs> and it really speaks to how often we don't know who's going to be at the top that even the consensus mocks don't always depict it. But Will Levis is a perfect example yeah, of last year. Yeah. Right? Everyone's like, he's going top five. Yeah. And dude's going top 10. And the NFL's you're a second rounder and he played like a second rounder. He wasn't, he wasn't on the caliber of the first rounders that went this year and Titans obviously weren't very good, but you expect a guy like that. The NFL knows, man, they know. And then sometimes you swing and a miss, but the amount of work that front offices put mm -hmm. and especially the quarterback position in a top 10 to top 15 pick, usually they know. And unless there's some catastrophic miss somehow, usually they're pretty good at picking the guys. Yeah, I had heard throughout the process that the Vikings weren't huge on Levis. And then when it came up, it was like, okay, is that, is that like, are they just going to go for it anyway or what? And they decided not to. And I guess we'll, we'll find out uh, whether he becomes a starting quarterback or mm -hmm. not. It feels like that's not really going to happen, but he does have a lot of raw talent and showed some flashes. But like you said, normally the NFL is pretty good at picking out who are the first rounders. Who are the second rounders? Who are the third rounders? What would it need for somebody to go right? And at the same time, getting the order of those players, the NFL is very bad at. Like, who's going to work out? Is it the first guy? Is it the fourth guy? Is it the third guy? Which kind of strengthens the case. But I wanted to get into some other stuff going on with the playoffs that isn't just us continuing to heap <laughs> on the stronger and stronger case, even last night. So I didn't do a live show after last night, but I wanted to and talk for an hour about Baker Mayfield and just like, could he have not done what, <laughs> you know, right? So, uh, why do you think that Dallas cannot play in the playoffs? I mean, I was looking at that team and I picked the Packers to win solely so because I. Dallas, I did too. Just, because, just because of Dallas, big brains only. It was just like, nah, Dallas. <laughs> like, that's why I think that there is some 
pressure that happens to those people in that stadium with that owner, with the fan base that exists throughout the entire nation. How does a team have a bad first drive and the receivers melting down on the quarterback? And the quarterback looks like, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Like, how does that even happen? But I'm curious from your perspective, if you think that that, like, that shouldn't be a thing in the NFL, it sounds like a college thing. Like, oh, they get nervous or something, but I, I don't know. It, I would rather play them than anybody else in the first sure. round of the playoffs. Absolutely. First of all, the balls by Lafleur to mm. go, we won the toss. Give me the football. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Give me the football. We're setting the tone early. And it felt like from there, it just kind of spiraled. And honestly, it all goes to that. Uh, I think it was a DPI that mm -hmm. extended the first drive because there's like negative play, oh, yeah. sack, yep. DPI, and then they finally got it rolling. Yep. But as far as a team melting like that, for me, it's a lack of player leadership. Mm. That's because you know the coach all week was like, guys, it's just another game. Mm -hmm. We're fine. We just got to go out and do our thing, do everything. But when the bullets are flying and things are happening – you look to the dudes on the field with you. Mm -hmm. You don't look to your offensive coordinator. You don't look like, hey, can someone help me? Like, no one's coming to save you besides the 11 guys on that field. Mm -hmm. I didn't see a guy that just kind of stood up and was like, hey, follow me. We're going. Dak, you think, is that guy, but he obviously isn't. And then when CeeDee Lamb's having a fit, Jake Ferguson's a young player. Like, I would have left on, I leaned on Zach Martin and Tyron Smith, but they can only do so much. And yeah. for the majority of that game, I felt like Dak had some time early in the game. Obviously, when it kind of got out of hand, pin their ears back and go, best of luck. But I just think it's a lack of player leadership in that locker room of guys that haven't been there. Because they haven't, right? They haven't won those multiple games. And so when you're looking around, I don't think anyone knew who to look to to say, hey, I know how to get everyone settled. We're okay. I just never saw that. And that's the only thing in my brain that makes sense. And not to pivot, but they also the only thing in my brain that makes sense is why the Eagles collapsed too. Folks, if you've been listening to the show, then you know how much fun we have been having with prize picks this year. Just go to prizepicks.com slash purple. Use the code purple for a first deposit match up to $100. And let me tell you how it works. If you haven't heard us talk about it enough yet, or you haven't tried it yet, very simple. There are yardage totals on prize picks. You either pick more or less and boom. Each week has been a roller coaster ride of fun. And the best part is that when I have a bad week, I didn't lose much. It doesn't cost much to play. You can turn 10 bucks into 250 very easily. And if things go sideways for you, you're not out a whole heck of a lot of money. But normally, I do much better than this. So that is prizepicks.com slash purple. Just more or less on yardage totals and you are in prizepicks.com slash purple, the code purple for a first deposit match up to $100. See, I think with the Eagles, well, just on, on Dallas, it could also be just this, that the NFL is so much, I scheme against you, you scheme against me. And if you get something that I didn't see coming, I might lose by a lot of points because the, the other team's really good and they put everything into that one game. So on a week-to-week -week basis, you, you play on a Sunday, you play on a Thursday. Like There's only so much you can change. You get to the playoffs and it's all lasers. But also, a team might play no 12 personnel the whole season and then be like, here it comes. We've been saving this all year long or we put this in this week and if it works, then the other team doesn't see it coming. And I think what happened was with that game in particular. So Jordan Love makes some freakish throws. They start to go, uh-oh, oh my gosh, what's going on? But also the run game. 
Like they had the perfect scheme to just run and run and run and run. And then Dak wasn't on the field a whole lot. They're controlling the ball. They're going down the field. And then every time he gets the ball, it's, well, man, now we're down 14 or now we're down. Like now we got to try to come back and desperation started to set in. So I think a part of it is if you just out scheme the other team or have something they didn't expect, you can blow a team out. And that seems to have happened to the coaching staff in Dallas multiple times Mm -hmm. over the last couple of years. Now, Philadelphia, I I have a theory about this. I think that there are in somebody's career, probably only one to two shots to win the Super Bowl. If you're not Tom Brady and you're not Patrick Mahomes, maybe one to two shots. Josh Allen's going to get more than that, but they missed it. They missed it by three points in the Super Bowl. They couldn't get a big key stop. Patrick Mahomes ran for a bunch of yards. Same thing with San Francisco and Jimmy Garoppolo. Like Jimmy Garoppolo is this close to being a Super Bowl champion. Literally his receiver is reaching out for the ball. And that's all the shots that you usually get. And with Philadelphia, you had to play 20 games last year, 17 more this year. Your center's 36. Your right tackle's how old? Your you know your guys have been beat up. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, right. like age catched up. Yeah, age. And I think you also lost your offensive and defensive coordinator. And last year, and this is not to take away, they were a great team. They got to play the Giants, and that was easy. And then in the NFC Championship game, they hurt the other quarterback, and they basically didn't have to play the whole game because he couldn't throw the football. And so there's like a combination that maybe last year they were a little lucky to get there again, not taking away Vikings. Haven't been there since the seventies, not to take it away, but to play that many games with that many veterans and then try to bring it all back is, I think they just ran out of gas. They start 10 and one, then they just fall out or fall down, down the stretch. I don't think you should be talking about firing coaches or Jalen hurts is a bad quarterback, but also Jalen hurts was injured and uh, give give David Carr credit. The guy got roasted into the sun on Twitter for saying maybe they should play Mariota for a couple games. And part of his reasoning was Hertz is not good at reading defenses, yeah. which is not fair and everything. But the running collapsed for him. He tried to escape from a guy in that game, and the guy caught him. It was like, that's not Jalen Hurts. So I think uh, it was a combination of all of those factors. Yeah, I, I agree. I also I do think there was something, and maybe it'll come out, maybe it's not. I think something fractured in that locker room after mm. the San Fran game. Mm-hmm. Something. I don't know what it is, but you don't see an epic collapse like that without having someone somewhere that's like, I'm not listening to you. I'm done with you. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm done with you. Because when you have leadership like Kelsey and Fletcher Cox and guys that have been there opposite of Dallas, right? Guys have been like, I played in the Super I've I've been there. I mm-hmm. know what it takes. And to have the epic collapse like that, there's a fracture somewhere in there. Someone said something, whether it was a coach to a player, player to player. And once that started spiraling, there was no pulling out of it. And that roster is talented enough to win a Super Bowl by far. But A.J. Brown being out was a huge blow. I mean, John Swift kind of lost it there towards the end. Yeah. And I really do want to go back and watch this offseason. I'm going to do it. The San Fran game, because I've heard so much about Bosa, I think, came out and said, we put a blueprint together to stop Jalen Hurts in the in the Eagles, and I haven't studied it enough to really know if that's true. But I really do want to go back and and break that game down, play by play, and go, what did they actually do? Because for me, it wasn't really about what the other defenses were doing. It was more about the lack of communication on the Eagles side. Uh, our other podcast, we broke down in Eagles, and it was tight ends running wide open and not turning around for a hot route. Mm. It was guys blitzers running free when you're like Kelsey 
he IDs that normally there's something that happened in there where guys were on completely separate pages a lot of times. And you talk about one score games, the NFL's razor thin margin of winning two or three communication games errors in a game is blowouts. It's two yep. score losses. Yep. It's two times. Like, it's very simple because those lead to turnovers. Those lead to negative plays. All those things compound. And I think that was just too much for the Eagles as they went down the stretch. Here's another thing, too, for the Eagles. And, and again, they lost their offensive and defensive coordinator. And you can replace those people, but it's not quite the same. And on defense, they replace him with a guy that really didn't work out and then replace him yeah. with a guy who I can't believe keeps getting opportunities in the NFL. The last time Matt Patricia was in charge of a successful unit because he, for some reason, coached offense for the Patriots was 2016 nice. was the last time. And he's been a head coach since he's been an offensive guy since a defensive guy since. And they thought, you know what? Let's put him in charge. A guy who is hated by a lot of the players in Detroit I'm sure Darius Slay was thrilled to see him show up. Like, wait, what of all the, uh, you know, of all the stadiums and all the league, they had to bring you into this one. I mean, so yeah, like that, it just wasn't the same chemistry as it was before. And I also think age catches up with people and, uh, and that's the rise and fall constantly of the NFL. So what do we think? Uh, what do we think is going to happen? What do we think is going to happen here? Let me uh, let me get the matchups for you. I got, it, I, uh, I got So I'll start in the AFC. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I don't think it's going to blow up by any means, but I do think the Ravens beat Houston. I think the Ravens, as long as the bye week can mess with some people, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes like a team that's hot and the Ravens have been hot, sometimes that week off kind of can slow you down versus a team that Houston's been playing playoff games for weeks now. Yeah. Like weeks and right. finding ways to win. And that catches up with you too eventually. And the Ravens didn't play their starters at and, the end of the year. Right. So they're kind of, they're rested, but are they, are they polished? Right. That's always the question. And with a team like the Texans, if they can come out and start hot and mm -hmm. put the Ravens maybe behind the score, maybe it'll be a game. But I think overall the Ravens end up winning this game, but I think it's going to be a fantastic game. Uh, so with this one, I mean, the Ravens to me are the best team in the entire NFL and they showed that down the stretch. It feels like it's Lamar Jackson's time. One thing that's funny is that people love to shape narratives about quarterbacks super early in their career. So Eli Manning's first couple playoff games, horrible. He was, a, he was a mess. And what do you think was said about him? If he had been now with the social media doing oh. that, or this guy's a bust, Get he can never out. win the playoffs, they need to trade for somebody else. And then he has two of the most epic runs ever in history in the playoffs. So I usually don't buy into that. Maybe Dak is convincing me, but I, like, I usually don't buy into it. He's too old for that. But Lamar Jackson is like 26 years old. It's absurd. Hey, by the way, did you know that Jordan Love is younger than Kenny Pickett? Is he really? That's not good. Oh, my. That's not good well, for he's, the Vikings. Lamar Jackson's younger than Bo Nix and Michael Penix. No. I think. No. He might You're be. You're bad at this. He might be. No, he's not. I, he's, I'm dying on the hill that he's too old. Lamar Jackson, I believe, is 26, and Michael Penix is going 27, to— at least. —going to turn 24 <laughs> in May. So Bo Nix is 25, though. No, he's 24, I think. All right. Well, I, you're it, oh, not not quite. You I'm okay? Gonna, you look I'm up Bo Nix. I don't Bo think Nix. Bo Nix is going to be 25. I think he's going to be okay, 24. Okay, okay, okay. I think he's 23 right now. So the same age as Joe Burrow. Either way, he's the point <laughs> the point is that Lamar. I feel like it's his time. Yes. That he has the right offense for him. 
And over the years, he's grown as a, a guy who can operate a complete offense on time, which I saw a lot of this year. I was very impressed with. It's not all just run around. Uh, with the Packers and 49ers, th this Packers team is not a 9-8 and eight team. Mm -hmm. For an entire half of the season, they've played more like an 11 or 12 win team. But the 49ers just have everything. And at some point, this Packers defense has to remember that they're the Packers defense, right? Going out to San Francisco, hugely emotional win on the road. Kind of feels a little Vikings over the Saints, kind of. And then you go on the road to San Francisco. But when you get a blowout like that and you're pulling out, out your starters at the end, not it wasn't like it was that stressful for the Packers. So this one's hard because I think it's much closer. The the Niners are favored by almost 10 points. That's nice. I think it's much closer than that. Yeah, I, I think the Packers are the hottest team in the NFL right now. By far, the hottest team in the way that they ran the, the last half of the season, got into the playoffs. It's just not a great matchup for the Packers with the physicality that the Niners bring mm -hmm. up front on both sides of the ball. Yeah, right? I think getting to the quarterback is the Packers offensive line is good, not great. They're very they're middle of the road, which is a good thing. But you're going against an elite defense, mm -hmm. elite elite edge rushers, elite pressure, the quarterback type guys. I think that's probably the difference here is I think they get to Jordan Love a lot more than Dallas did because I don't think they're going to be in a blowout where they can just hand the ball to Aaron Jones over and over and over again. There's going to be third and eight, third and tens multiple times throughout the game that we're going to see can this offensive line hold up against Bosa and Young and all those guys. I hate to sound uh, too old school, but – I think it really does come down to that 49ers team stopping the run mm -hmm. the way that they are capable of. And that's just going to make everything on one guy. And if Jordan Love goes to San Francisco and does it again, uh, wow, then that's going to be not a good day for Vikings fans. Now, uh, on Sunday, so those are the two Saturday games. On Sunday is the Bucks at the Lions. And every year, somebody just gets kind of lucky with – an unexpected team winning in the first round and who you face. And that is Detroit because I have great respect for what Baker Mayfield has done. And how about the way that he has just turned himself into a leader that post game interview, even two years ago, the guy's like headbutting the sideline reporter and you know, just <laughs> yeah. shotgunning a beer or something. And instead he was very even keeled and uh, very humbled. I think I I've just been so impressed with him, but the lions here lucked into this. I mean, they're going to face a nine and eight team that won its division and play, you know, just uh, they they're going to have the home field advantage, everything behind them, like everything kind of points to the Lions in this game. Yeah. The only thing that scares me and we talked about it on the show is the secondary. Yeah. Mike Evans, Godwin, those dudes are burners. They can go. It's going to be a lot on. Can they get to Baker Mayfield and Aiden Hutchinson's the guy he's mm -hmm. got to do it. No one else on that front. They were doing the intros and I was like, I don't I don't know who any of these dudes are. Right. Like, unless it's Aiden Hutchinson, and I don't know if someone else can step up, it's got to be on him. The matchup of him versus Kadecki is going to be a great one because they're not going to put him over worse. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't put your best pass rusher over their best offensive lineman as much as you don't have to. You put him over Kadecki and say, go call a game for us, get us a strip sack, do what you do. But the game plan is going to be keep him off the field, hand it to David Montgomery, give it to Jameer Gibbs, then take your shot down with Laporta or Almond State Brown. They're just going to have to do what they've been doing all year. I think they control the clock like they did against. Um, everyone they've played against down the stretch this year. I think it's definitely Detroit's time. And hats off to Dan Campbell, man. What he's done to get to this team, to this position, he's turned the whole culture, embodied. And I don't think there's a city more behind a football team mm -hmm. right now than Detroit. I got to say, credit to Dan Campbell. 
you're good enough for Detroit, Jared Goff, is a hell of a line. <laughs> I mean, that's that is to to have gone through that and everything else and have that right. Like he must have thought of that days before. He yeah. must have been like, hold on, let me put that in the that notes. That's after app. the second I'm coffee. Saying, yeah, the, yeah, the first right. coffee that came to him, and he's like, yes, right. good enough. He's you've done like, it. Football, football, football. <laughs> you're good enough for Detroit. Oh, that's a good one. They're gonna be videotaping that. I'm gonna put that out there. That was, but that was epic. I mean, uh, after the game, if you saw it, but he screamed, "You're good enough for Detroit, Jared Goff." That's pretty awesome. Uh, and then we have God's game, the game that was written in the stars from the opening kickoff of the National Football League 2023, Kansas City Chiefs at Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, the Dan Marino and Jim Kelly, or or you know Peyton Manning, Tom Brady of our era. I always feel good for people who you know like. If you're growing up in any era, you could talk about these one of yeah. these matchups. And after you know Brady and Manning, Manning retires, kind of like oh, you know what do we got now? Are we going to have this type of thing? Oh, we got it. Yes, we got this type of thing. I, I think this is going to be really tough for Buffalo the way the Kansas City's gotten it together, and it blows my mind how they always do this. Just when you always think, no, 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 now they're dead. Like now they can't do this anymore, and then they go out in that game. And just have a great offensive performance. Receivers remember how to catch a football when it was cold for some reason. They catch it better. Uh, Travis Kelsey got to rest a week, which was pretty huge. Now, Taylor, I, I want to toss some advice to Taylor Swift. Try the wings, but pick a good spot. Bar Bill. Bar Bill Tower. There you go. Yep. Okay. Honey butter barbecue, Cajun style. We are there. I, I just go straight Buffalo. I don't even use blue cheese. And uh, you probably found out the ranch is uh, don't ask no, 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 no. Don't do even not. ask for it. They look at you like you have two heads. They'll be upset. Mm -hmm. They will be upset. Uh, you know why that is? Because they make it all in house. Everyone has their own homemade blue cheese. There's that. And there's also that ranch is like its own spice in a way. Mm -hmm. So what you're doing is completely changing the flavor of the wing to just be a ranch wing. If you have blue cheese, what it does is cools it off. Mm. But you still get all the flavor to come through. See, it's scientific. So if you order, Your Buffalo roots are going deep. Right? I know, I deep. know. So I'm just giving advice to Taylor Swift if she's listening to the show. That's all right, true. probably. And also hoping the AI picks up the words Taylor Swift <laughs> and just shares it like crazy on YouTube. Why does this have 10 million views? We were just talking about, you know, running quarterbacks. But uh, yeah, so there's that. Uh, also. Even her private jet's going to have a tough time getting from the airport to the stadium. That is not fun. We used to talk about that with free agents. You land at the airport and then drive to Orchard Park, and they're like, nah, I'm signing somewhere else. Uh, so good luck to her. But this this game, I mean, I don't know. I don't know who's going to win. But all I know is that it's going to be epic because it is every single time between these two teams. And I just think we are blessed to have this matchup. Last game of the weekend. Thanks, Raj. It's perfect. Don't put it on Peacock, my guy. <laughs> I mean, the thing for me is this is the first time we're going to watch Mahomes in a away playoff. Yeah. Game, right? This is the is first that? time he's ever had to go on the road to get to the Super Bowl. And if there was ever a time for Sean McDermott and the Bills to wash that taste of, what was it, 13 seconds out of the, it, it has to be this time. Mm -hmm. It has to be. The biggest issue I'm afraid of is their linebacking core is so broken. Yeah. The yeah. Bills lost another middle linebacker. And all of a sudden, Mason Rudolph started just chucking it over the middle of the field for big chunk gains there towards the end of the game. And I'm going, I'm watching that going, if Mason Rudolph's doing this, yep. what is Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes going to do? Yep. Like they're going to just attack the middle of this defense, which is very light right now because the linebacking core is so broken. 
that's going to be the difference if they can find a way to stop that connection over the middle of the field. And then Allen can't revert back to a bad turnover, a bad interception, which he didn't do this last week, but it's still in there. And the gunslinger, when he's going against the other gunslinger, emotions run high. Those two guys start trying to outplay each other. And if that gets into that game, I give the nod to Mahomes just because he's proven it. And Josh still feels like he has to prove he can beat Mahomes. Oh, yeah. Talk about the pressure. Yes. The pressure being on. The other guy that I would be really worried about uh, if I'm the Bills is Legarius Sneed because the Bills have one good wide receiver, and his name is Stephon Diggs. And if he gets taken out of the game, it's going to be pretty tough. And that defense, man, what Steve Spagnolo just always shows up, mm -hmm. right? Like that guy is good at his job. And I think against Miami, it, it goes under appreciated every time it's Mahomes. Like if anybody else does anything, yeah. you don't really notice it as much because it's Mahomes won the game, <laughs> but that defense won the game. Yeah. I mean, my, Mike McDaniel got completely out schemed Tua looked totally lost. And that was in part because it's a super physical, really well coached defense that I don't think even has to fool teams. I think they just are like right all the time. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't throw a bunch of wild stuff at people. They're just, they just do their thing really well. Yeah. And it helps me have Chris Jones again. Yes. All pro. Of course. Right? Sneed. All pro. Are you saying superstar talent would help superstar a defense? Superstar talent. I mean, even Bolton's playing at extremely high yeah. level this year. So you have it all three of your levels. George Karloftis, a first-round mm -hmm. pick, has, I think, nine sacks this year. So those dudes all do a great job fitting within the scheme that Spags wants to play. And Josh, historically, has had some good games against this defense and knows how to get it. But with the absence of Gabe Davis mm -hmm. is going to also be another one where – Gabe has tore the Chiefs apart, mm -hmm. right? Because they have locked in on Diggs and be like, we're taking 14 away. He doesn't exist. Well, Gabe Davis has been the guy that showed up. Shakir, those type of guys, they're, mm -hmm. they're not Gabe Davis. They don't have the ability to do that. If they win this game, it's going to be on the back of James Cook. Yeah. Oh, James, yeah, yeah. James yeah. Cook. Difference maker. If the Bills win this game, it's going to be because James Cook was the one that made the difference in the game. A little worried about his, uh, he could be a little wobbly Gets with the football. a little fumbleitis going a little bit. I give you an X factor. And that's because I grew up there and I live here. That kicker looked a little shaky. Mm, Bass, little Tyler Bass, little shaky. He shanked a kick like you see in the Mac. Yeah, like or, or high school. Even the high school kickers these days don't miss him like that. A uh, little concerned, Hammy, and the, right? The, 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 that poor dude. dude you know, he's on the sideline. Like, let's go out here, hold this kick, get to halftime. It's really cold, and took off, and you just saw like. Just hobbling. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, I. So th th it's funny for me to say this to you, but I had that happen once where I was just running, playing baseball, and the hammy, and I was like, "Wow, this is terrible!" Because mm -hmm. you're always like, "Oh, it's just a hammy. It'll be, it'll be all right." No. No, it's not good. And then he punted it, and the look on his face was like, that's the most pain I've ever been in my entire life. Excruciating pain. So the the special teams may be a factor. But anyway, a, a great, great uh, weekend of games. So, of course, you know, you and I will continue through the oh. playoffs, and we will have lots of discussions about what is next at quarterback for the Vikings, and we'll analyze all of it going forward. But I'm really glad that you could come yes. in studio. And can you do everyone a favor and show them your finger? You want to see it? Ah, go if you're listening go audio, you're glad you're not seeing this. That That's horrifying. How did that happen? 2016, we were playing, I think it was the Texans. It was my first game starting. And I was like, go in, got a cotton face mask. I popped all my fingers out. So I pulled it back in and then I just felt it like slowly slide back out. And so after the game taped it, they like MRI'd it and they're like, well, you tore the tendon in your hand. Like it'll be a six to eight week surgery to fix it. Or you can just kind of, 
roll with it. And I was like, all right, tape it. We're just figure it out. And then I've just never gotten it fixed. I don't have eight weeks not to use my right hand. I'm right-handed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that uh, that could be difficult. I remember that game quite well. Yeah. Uh, Five that, and zero, oh, baby. Yeah, that was a blowout. Brock Osweiler was shook. Yeah. That, after that game, Tom Johnson was like, yeah, he wasn't even looking at his receivers. He was just looking at us. Yeah. Uh, that was Everson murdered him multiple times. Yes. And I also remember that is the game that we knew that the offensive line couldn't hold up. Yeah. Because Whitney Merciless slapped TJ Clemming's hands out of the way and sacked Sam Bradford. And I did a, a, an article afterwards like this is great. They're five and oh. But look at these film clips that might be a tad concerning. And I didn't even notice your hand got ripped off. Yeah. So uh, anyway, well, that's Quarter- that. Quarterbacks, man. Quarterbacks win you games. Well, and, uh, you know, quarterbacks win you games. Look at the playoffs. I'm excited. This is going to be, I think this is the best divisional round in the last probably four or five years. It's really good. It's really, it's like, really good. Yeah. Like, and honestly, the Super Wild Card weekend, this might have been the best one of those two because usually the eighth seed gets gets murdered. Yeah. Right. Like I, I, there was some surprising results, but, but they were the other way around. It, was, it, was, it was the teams that like you didn't yeah. think were going to get blown yeah. out. Like, usually, it's like the second seed plays the eighth right. seed and just gets murdered. There right? is it's no like, eighth seed, but sure, it's seventh seed. Sorry, and it's like, yay, that was fun. But like this weekend was really fun. This next weekend, though, I can't wait. I didn't even make you try to say Amon Ross St. Brown slowly because you just kind of cruise past. uh, We don't worry about the details. No, Uh, absolutely not. Thanks, everybody, for watching. This was really fun. Now we'll see if uh, Jeremiah can make his way out of the studio without hitting his head on anything uh, here. So thanks, everybody, for watching, and we will catch you next time. Football. Football.